<laughs> That's why I shouted, let's do this. I know, but you say that a lot, and then we... All right. Well, this is staying in. We, oh, do... Oh, uh-huh. What? <laughs> no. We've got a, a way we do things, and they go a little something like this. Hello, and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm a little rusty, uh, of course, because we... I mean... The, luckily, because we plan ahead, mm-hmm. the listeners didn't take a week off, but we took took a week off mm-hmm. um, because I was uh, out of out of town, back home at my uh, home in St. Louis, Missouri, at my brother's wedding. Ah, yes, congratulations, Henry Christopher. What? His name's Christopher. I feel like there's a Henry in there. Somewhere. Although, as I learned at the wedding, no one calls him Christopher but me. <laughs> like his friend, his friends are like Chris. It's Chris. Like everyone calls him Chris, but I I've always called him Christopher. I've only known him as Chris, and I don't talk to him very much. Like, I feel like you... Here's the thing. I think you might refer to him as Chris, but you call him Christopher. Maybe. Which is really weird. I No, I think I actually do that a lot. I think, I, you know, in Seinfeld, when uh, George is dating the pretentious woman who uh, refers to everyone by their full name. I don't and, remember that. And I can't... I'm trying to remember what his doorman's name was. And it's like, it, it, he's like, you wouldn't even call him, oh, no, I can't remember. You could, wouldn't even call him Bob. You had to call him Robert. You wouldn't call him Robert. You called him Robert. <laughs> anyway, um, I think I might be that guy. Not to the point of that, but, like, if I find find out. Like, I have a friend. You named, don't call my wife Jennifer, though. Uh, no, I guess I don't. But um, if I don't know if I uh, hung out with her more, I might. Uh, I, I have a friend named Susie. Um, everyone calls her Susie. Mm-hmm. I found out that her name was Susanna, and now that's what I call her. Uh, with first making sure, sure that it's okay with her, by the way. Fair enough. Because okay. some people don't like that. But um, <laughs> yeah. I will is, absolutely Is call, your brother okay with it? Yeah, he's fine. Okay. I will absolutely call a person by their full name. Even if it's not their full name sometimes. You know our friend, uh, speaking of people who got married recently, our friend Frank Feel My Wrath McGrath. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name, his... His given birth name is Frank. Yeah. But I will usually call him either Francis or Franklin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's, I, I love that. Because that Frank thing is bullshit. Uh, I had a friend oh, that, who's, who's a pet bur- peeve of mine. People naming their kids the nickname of the real name. Oh, I have, like, a, I have a friend named Danny. No, you have. That's his legal name. I feel so bad. It's like you have to give the kid the option. I would hate it if my name were Dave or Davey. Now, if you want to call me Dave or Davey, I don't give a fuck. I'm past, I'm past caring about that. When I was younger, it had to be David. Mm-hmm. If someone wants to call me Dave or Davey, I don't care at this point. But I like that anyone has a choice and that I can say my name is David, which it is. It, what, it, what's it, up now? It bothers me when people name their kids the nickname. Yeah, my friend Danny... His, his middle... <laughs> okay, so that was all for nothing. Huh? You didn't listen to anything I no, said. No, I was listening. I, and don't get me wrong. I gave him tremendous amounts of crap for that in high school. I said, because at one time I said, Daniel, and kind of the douchey thing, the way that I have, in which I just like, you know, Daniel, like I'll do that right, kind of which thing. Which is what and I he, And he goes, uh, actually, my name is Danny. I was like, I, yes, I know that, but I'm calling you Daniel. He's like, I know, but my name is literally not Daniel. It's Danny. And I said, what? It was the first instance mm-hmm. I had heard of that. And I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And he goes, my name is Danny. He pulled out his license. Sure enough, it says Danny Day. And I'm Oof. like, that's ridiculous. 
your father makes me angry. And, yeah. and, and that's the thing. You know, I, Is it I, weird that I jumped immediately to his dad? Because I was absolutely correct. It seems like a douchey guy thing. <laughs> They'd be like, I don't, you know what? My father's name was Daniel. This My kid's going by Danny or something like that. It has um, that quality to it. I'm not going to say what my girlfriend's mom's name is, but my girlfriend's mom does not have a middle name mm. because, because apparently her mom knew she would probably hate her first name and didn't want to give her the option of going by her middle name. <laughs> was her mother Livia Soprano? She has that quality to her. That's really awful. Anyway, I'm not going to say uh, I'm not going to say what her name is. But um, how did we get onto this? I have no idea. Oh, your brother. You call him My Christopher. My brother Christopher got yeah, married. He got married recently. I had, I had a blast in St. Louis. It might be the last time that I'm going to be there for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Because uh, my mom is moving away from St. Louis. Yeah. So uh, I will have, I mean, I have, a, there's, as I, you know, was reminded at the wedding, there's a hundred people in my extended family. I'll have, I'll have reasons if I want to go back to St. Louis. But it was a little bit bittersweet to know, like, that I don't have, like, my mom to stay with in St. Louis. And it, it changes things, you know. Yeah, that's, uh, there's actually a, uh, a more than one lesson mini-sode that's uh, coming up in the near future, of course, I've been saying that for months, uh, about the nature of uh, home and what that means. Because for you, if you said, I'm going home for Christmas, that meant St. Louis, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't have that with anywhere. I don't have, it's like, is it Denver? Is it Missouri? Is it Chicago? Or, I mean, my original home was Taft, California. Is Where it have that? you like, lived for the longest? Uh, Denver and Chicago. Those are tied? I believe they are tied, yes. At how many years? Six. That's it? Yeah. So wait, you lived here more than six years. I guess just over six years, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're an Angelino then. I mean, yeah. obviously not. Yeah. And that's the thing. You're not a like, native Angelino. It's to the point more now. More than anything, this is your home. It's to the point now that this is where I think of as my home. Home is where my wife is home mm-hmm. is where we are living at the time. And, and I actually, uh, am very happy that I came to that, that I'm happy that I'm there because I know a lot of people who they think back and no offense to them, but they think back like, Oh, I miss, you know, such and I miss Texas. I miss this. It's just like, oh, I just, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm bummed out that I'm not going home for Christmas or whatever. And me, it's just like when Jen and I stayed here for the first time, it was the best Christmas I'd had in years well, because this, this is home. This is my home. And also Los Angeles is just an amazing place to spend Christmas. It really is. Because no one else is. Yeah, it's the greatest. <laughs> All uh, right. We, now, we have a third party here. Yes, actually. yes. We need to, well, let's take care of some business real right. quick. Let's talk about, let's talk about tweakedaudio.com, All right. which is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of styles and colors at a low, low price. Mm-hmm. And if you go to tweakedaudio.com slash pretension, you get all those things I just said with one third off and you don't have to pay the shipping costs. So uh, do that. Tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. We use them. We endorse them. Uh, we love them. We think about them from time to time. Oh, yeah. All right. Absolutely. All right. Yes. And we actually do have another sponsor. All right. It is a documentary. It's called This is Stuttering. Let me read this here. Time is of the essence, everybody. It's a Kickstarter. This is Stuttering is a documentary that follows Morgan Lott, a college senior, through a final round of speech therapy. Using the footage from therapy sessions and video blogs, This is Stuttering tells the raw story of working through a speech disability and seeking acceptance. Uh, Now, I will say this. The film is finished. It's done. 
after screening the documentary, the reactions were overwhelming. It was felt that this is stuttering needs to be shared with the world. So a Kickstarter campaign was created to raise money for film festival submissions, as well as general merchandise, merchandise such as DVDs and T-shirts. Uh, the Kickstarter ends October 11th, so the deadline is approaching quickly. To find out more, click on the This is Stuttering Skyscraper ad at BattleshipPretension.com. Please do that. That sounds like a fascinating subject for a documentary. Yeah, well, and especially because uh, when the King's Speech came out, uh, there were there was kind of a reignited interest in stuttering or and in, in stammering. Um, and so I, I watched a couple of documentaries on, like, the Discovery Channel and that sort of thing. And it really is quite fascinating. And then in school, I don't remember if you had this guy. I don't even remember his name, but there was a teacher. I took him for image design who had a very distinct stammer. And huh. No, I didn't have that teacher. And it was – and if I first was kind of embarrassed for him. It was kind of awkward to kind of hear him give lectures and stuff. Um, but after a while, you just kind of recognize, oh, this is a normal thing. There's nothing this, you know, there's nothing wrong with him as far as his, you know, what he is communicating, communicating only how he's communicating it. And so, uh, so stuttering is something that I myself have become fascinated with mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. And so, um, so they actually sent us a link to the documentary, which I have not unfortunately gotten around to watching yet, but I will try to, yeah. uh, so yeah, uh, if you are so inclined, seek out that Kickstarter and uh, and give whatever you can. Okay. And last thing you wanted to mention, uh, people. Um, I'm assuming after our after we went off on it uh, a few weeks ago, the people have been visiting our website in droves now. Because did uh, we go off on that? Yeah, people thinking of us as a podcast. Oh yeah, or, we're a website. We sure are. Yeah. So go to battleshippretension.com, as I'm sure you already have. I don't have to tell you. And so you've probably taken the time to peruse our top 100 lists. Yeah, we've got top 100, let's see, first was characters, top 100 characters, mm-hmm. and then we did top 100 movies, yeah, and then we did top 100 directors. Mm-hmm. Now, this was all listener-generated. We put it out to you guys. Yes, these, and were, then, these were polled. Yes. Yeah. And then all we did was uh, you know, put everything together and uh, tally the results, and if there was a tie, then we would make a judgment call. Um, and and then, then we wrote little blurbs. And we wrote little blurbs about it. I wrote as it. few of them as I could on the last at least the last one, maybe the last, because that first one we did, it was half and a half. We wrote fifty yeah. each. Yeah, Whew. and of course we chose to do this right around Christmas time. So when I was back in uh, Minnesota with Jen's family, uh, they were all out enjoying, and I was sitting in their little uh, guest room slash study, writing paragraphs about Rocky and uh, Lieutenant Colonel Bill Kilgore and stuff like that. Can I tell you real quick? What's that? The Minneapolis St. Paul Airport. I wished my layover was longer. I love that airport so much. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's a great airport. It's a good airport. All right. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're actually going to, uh, in the spirit of the season, that is the Halloween season, uh, we are going Ooh. to do... I'm going to incorporate that into our uh, our new spooky <laughs> Halloween theme. Um, but that's all it will be. It's just you doing that, and then it goes into the theme. <laughs> On a loop. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, so yeah, we're going to put together another list now because of the nature of what this list is. It's very specific, so it's going to be smaller. It's not going to be a full hundred. Yeah, uh, we are putting together the list of the top twenty-five horror movies, and this yep. will be listener submitted. So here's what you do: email me Tyler at battleshippretension.com. Email only me. <laughs> All right. When you start emailing several people, then 
we try to put the information together and it doesn't always add up. All right. So email only me, Tyler com. Email me your 10, not necessarily your 10 favorite, not necessarily uh, what you think are the 10 best. If that if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But basically 10 that you think should absolutely be included on the list. And should they, they should be ranked or, or, or I mean, are you like, uh, no, just, just random. Okay. And then, um, and then we will announce the results on the, uh, the episode that comes out, uh, before Halloween. I believe that'll be the, uh, 28th, 27th. I don't totally recall. I don't have it in front of me, but yes, I don't care. Why don't you care? I don't care whether it's the 27th or the 28th. Well, you will, <laughs> you will, sir. Well, uh, I, I look forward to <clears throat> Having to write fewer blurbs because I haven't... Horror is kind of a bit of a blind spot for me. There's a hmm. lot of big ones. Like all those universal classics, I haven't seen those. Really? All the all the big... Have universal, you seen Frankenstein? Uh, I have seen Frankenstein. That's Bride right. of Frankenstein? I've seen Frankenstein a couple times. I've never seen Bride of Frankenstein. Dracula? I've never seen any of the Draculas. <laughs> Paul Goebel. Uh, Paul damn Goble. it. Yeah. A Dracula. <laughs> uh. I've never seen Creature from the Black Lagoon. The Mummy? Um, I've never seen the mummy. I've seen the Invisible Man. <laughs> so Frankenstein and the Invisible Man are the ones that I've seen. <laughs> okay, let's bring in our guest. Absolutely. All right. Because uh, this, I, I, my understanding is that our guest probably has seen more horror films than I have. Very likely, yes. So uh, hopefully he'll, uh, if he can pry himself away from his job that actually pays him, <laughs> he'll be able to write a few blurbs for us if he has the time. Yes. Uh, but now I've said it on the podcast, and now he has to agree. Or else it's on wax. Douche. I have to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, while he's taking a drink of his beer, Kyle Anderson. Hello. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me back on the program. Thank you for coming back. In the I got to tell you, it was real difficult to be quiet during that opening because I had so many jokes to say. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, well, we, we thank you. I'm I, sorry. You could have chimed in. I you know. You should have just written them down in a, in, a, a, like in a list and just like read off the jokes out of yeah. context like right now. Well, I would like to say that the this is stuttering documentary sounds really, really fascinating. Yeah. I think everyone should donate to that. But I'm a little disappointed that it wasn't a, a mockumentary about a band called Stuttering. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Thank Do you. Do you ever... Um, thank you. Um... Uh, you know, uh, you know from li- living in uh, Springfield, the Springfield, Missouri area, which is also the Branson, Missouri area, mm-hmm. more or less, that Mel Tillis oh, yeah. uh, has his own like theater. I don't know if he's still alive, actually, Mel Tillis. I don't know either. He actually might not be. R.I. Possible? Um, what's that? R.I. Possible? Is that Mel Tillis? No. Rest Impossible? I don't oh, know. Oh, I got it. I see. Um, Come on, everyone. <laughs> uh, but he had a stutter. Yes, he or did. has. Yeah. I don't know. But... The number to call for tickets was like one eight hundred five 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 Mamel M M E L. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of a. It was seen as a uh, a delightful like quirk of uh-huh. his that they you know life dealt him lemons and he uh-huh. made uh, a Branson show out of it. Make of that what you will. Man. Which is hard to do out of lemons. In the entire right, yeah. year that I lived in Springfield, I didn't go to Branson once. I think you're okay. I've been to Branson plenty of times, <laughs> but uh, Branson is a fun place. It's okay. Did you ever go to Silver Dollar City? Oh, uh, as a kid? All the time. Okay. Like, uh, 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 not all the time. Once every couple of years. We would go down oh, wow. for a few days. Oh, wow. Like down to Branson for a few days. Okay. I think we would do Silver Dollar City probably in one. Maybe we'll go two days. I don't know. All right. Now there's also a water park. There's probably more than one water park in yeah. Branson. Now, to incorporate our guest, 
in Denver, we had Elitch Gardens, mm-hmm. which I think was then taken by the Six Flags people. It was it was Six Flags Elitch Gardens for about five six years, and now it is back to being Elitch's because Six Flags, six Flags was like I'm out, <laughs> doesn't want any part of it. But I really like that. I mean, I went there once, I think, but I like that uh, theme park because it's right downtown. Like the big buildings yeah. are right around all the oh, roller coasters cool. and stuff. And then on the other side is the highway, and then on the other side of the highway is the Broncos Stadium. So it's like all it's all happening. Yeah, I uh, I think it was the third Three Ninjas film that was shot, I believe, High Noon at Mega Mountain featuring Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. And? Uh, and I don't remember. One Miss Lonnie Anderson. Oh, hey, all right. Yeah. There's, a lot, of, there's a lot of Platinum Blonde going on there. <laughs> but, uh, Speaking of Platinum Blonde and old-timey amusement parks, have you guys been to uh, Dolly Parton's amusement park? In Dollywood? Dollywood in Pigeon no. Forge, Tennessee. No. I've not. Well, I have. Is it uh, all right? It's literally Silver Dollar City, like... It's, With bigger boobs? <laughs> it, it, like, it must have been... I don't know if it was, like, a chain... Like, there, it's the same rides as Silver Dollar City. Yeah, there's a company that... Uh, I don't remember where I found this out, but uh, there's a company that basically has a standard, generic template for, like, lower-level amusement parks, and... Uh, and you can pay for that mm. and then tailor it to your specific needs. Must be that same company who that does the the generic plastic playground equipment because that's all the same too. Yeah, that's true. Remember when it was metal, metal, you like guys? God. <laughs> Burning yeah. your hands on the monkey bars. Those were the days. My favorite amusement park that I've never been to is the... Uh, I don't know if you've... Uh, it's, it's sad. Uh, I shouldn't say favorite. It's not a happy thing, but it's really fascinating if you've done a, like, a Google image search or whatever for the Six Flags in New Orleans that was destroyed oh, by, oh, sure. hurt by Katrina and has never been rebuilt, and now it's a like ghostly, empty, yeah. decrepit... Uh, Speaking of horror movies, part, it's, like, re- yeah, it's really Hollywood, creepy. you need to shoot something there because mm. those well, it's images... it's really dangerous there as well. Fix it up. But not so much that it doesn't look horrifying. <laughs> right. There's a the line you have to not cross. Right. Exactly. You got to make it structurally sound. Did you hear about... Um, okay, this is totally beside the point, and it has nothing to do with the topic uh, at hand. No one um, even knows what that topic is. That's true. Yes, they, oh, yes, they do. I they do. They're MP3 players. Yeah. Have you. They, as, <laughs> as, well, as happens every week, people look at the topic, then they hear us talking for like 30 fucking minutes, uh-huh. not about that, and they think... These, pe- these guys have promised me something that they are not delivering. <laughs> but you know what? People don't complain about that anymore. That used to be a thing that we would mm. do complaints about. People don't complain about that A anymore. guy complained recently. Huh. Really? Okay. I, think, I feel like most people probably you just got... You know what got... he can do? What's that? He can take a long walk. Do you know where? Where's that? Off a short pier. Hey, all right. Take a long walk off a short pier. Well, you have to start earlier. I mean, that's pretty easy, right? <laughs> yeah, problem solved. You have to start further back. Yeah, just, just start from your home and you'll be all right. It's <laughs> a pretty long walk. Um... But, uh, yeah, I had Oh, you know what else that guy can do? What's that? Kind of along the same line. He can go jump in a lake. <laughs> I mean, that'll work out he well. He can fall he'll in a lake. <laughs> he'll be at the end of the pier. Uh-huh. It's like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> oh! Um, no, I read a story, uh, this was like a year ago, that, uh, and the story actually has become more relevant now, that there was a, an eccentric billionaire, is there, is there any other kind, uh, <laughs> who wanted to buy up a large portion of Detroit, like a dilapidated, basically like unlivable part of Detroit, full of bears. Full, yeah, he'd get he'd, he'd have to get the bears out. <laughs> City bears, yeah. and he would basically he would have to reinforce structures so that 
they would not crumble on people, but they would still look as though they were crumbling. Mm. And he would basically, uh, it would be like zombie land or something like that, where they would have, you could go there and you could be chased by zombies. It's, it would basically be like, and so there'd be, you know, I'm sure like the locals would be, would get jobs as zombies who would chase you around, uh, all day long. And, um, it's like Padre stadium at Comic-Con. Exactly. Except a huge end. Yeah. And cause it, and that's the thing. It's just like, because there are parts of the city that look post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. and he wanted to take advantage of that. And, and he also thought like, well, it would be kind of good for the local economy, which would be true enough. And he wanted to capitalize on the zombie craze that's happening uh, right now that I think people are getting over. But, uh, but yeah, so that was something that I read about and I thought, that would be so fascinating. I don't think it would work, but boy, it should be neat to to see an entire section of a major American city be devoted to this one very specific thing. Mm. Um, uh, uh, it's funny. Um, you, you were just saying that uh, people are getting over the zombie craze. Maybe realize that, like in twenty years, when someone makes like a movie that takes place now. Or like in the around this time, like there's going to be a lot of jokes about vampire movies and stuff. Probably, yeah. Like that's going to be a thing. We're all like, yeah, we were, we all, we were all into that, huh? Yeah. Like I just saw that movie. Uh, was it the To Do List? Oh. That's the one with yeah. uh, Abby Plaza, right? Where it was like early '90s. Everything early '90s is in this movie, like skorts and stuff. It literally <laughs> what like. That's a good movie if you take away the part that it can't stop reminding you that it's nineteen ninety. There was literally no reason for it other than the fact that... Well, I, I, I disagree, actually, that there was no reason because I think the... Um, the lack the, of cell phones, yes. It, like, so the, 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 the politics and, and sort of the, like, um, the, the end of 12 years of Republican presidency and, and the start of the Clinton sure. administration and the ascendancy of Hillary Clinton as both a first lady and a political figure mm-hmm. and uh pro and, and abortion being a, a a big thing around that time but that could have been um, 2008 too i guess you're right but i i think they tied that part of it that, that this sort of like new early 90s wave of feminism into it well i just wish they could have gone five frames without showing us a jurassic park poster yeah or what, <laughs> everything that's, Anyway, he's um, wearing flannel and has long hair. He must be a grunge person. Right. One of them grunge people you hear about. Now, I don't know. Uh, before we get to the, t- to the, the, the topic, I did want to talk about something. I want to tell listeners about something I was telling you about. You uh, guys about right. um, Let's not spend too much time on this. No, I, but I just want to say, like, uh, I saw Don John, um, uh, the uh, feature directorial and writing debut of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Levitt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's really good. But also, a thing I like to do often uh, after I've seen a movie, especially if, I like, if I've liked the movie, is to go see the trailer and see how bad the trailer is, usually. Um, and for the first time and maybe ever, the Don John trailer is so great. <laughs> like, it's... I wish people who made trailers could look at that. Because... Have you guys seen the Don John mm-hmm. trailer? Have you seen it? Uh, yes. Okay, so it's very entertaining in its own right, where it's got that sort of repetitive, like, you know, my... What is he? He's listing the things yeah. that are important to him. Uh, and, and, and it's, and so it's very well made and, and uh, as, as a sort of object on its own, it's, it's well made, but also it is not in any way deceitful about what the movie is about, about who the character is. It really does give you the right impression. And it also doesn't give away where the story goes. Mm. It really, it's, it's, it's everything that a trailer should be. And you know why? It's because it's an independent film Mm -hmm. and they can do that because they're, they're, all they're really beholden to is 
themselves. They don't have to. There's a billion dollars up there. We got to make people buy. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember if uh, I'm sure she is. is Ju- I can't remember if Julianne Moore's in the trailer. I don't remember. I don't remember okay. in the trailer because like that's a whole part of the movie that you don't need. You don't need to know going in mm-hmm. what what Julianne Moore's role is about. Uh, you'll get to that, uh, and and I like that they didn't show. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what because uh, I, I know studies have shown this is the reason that 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 uh, studio marketing does this is that people are more likely to see a movie the more they know about it. Which yeah, is sad. Um, which for us, so the studio must have absolutely no faith in Rush. Because I don't know if you guys saw that trailer. It's a movie that I was interested in, mm-hmm. and then I and I might still. I've, see I've it. heard it's pretty good. I've yeah, heard it's, it's even it, quite good. It looks interesting, as David and I talked about. Like uh, Chris Hemsworth is actually something of a draw for us. Um, and then I saw the the trailer when I uh, recently went to see uh, You're Next, and weird pairing. I know, but uh, and there's a natural place for the trailer to stop. It goes on for, I'm going to say, another full minute. And you get the whole story. Every well, element of the story. And I'm sure there's some details. Here. Okay. That's a true story. Yeah. So, is that a, can that really be a spoiler? Can that really be it a giveaway? It is not the story of Richard Nixon. It is not the story of JFK. It is a story of a very specific sport and two specific guys in it that lived a long time ago. Not a long well, time one ago. one of but them's th- still alive. Yeah, but I mean, like, this, <laughs> the events of this, like were a while ago. It's 1976. Yeah. And okay. so... I'm saying it's not World War II. No, I recognize that. But still, 76 is considered to be a long time ago by cert, by some people. And the ramifications of the story do not echo through the ages like, say, Watergate or the mm-hmm. JFK assassination or World War II. And so... And that's the... Like, though it is a true story, you don't need to give literally everything, like like the developing relationship between these two guys i feel like it just bothered me I so I, much I, I, and that doesn't I was just playing, playing devil's yeah. and that doesn't usually bother me but they literally gave it it eventually wound up being like hey you want to see two hours of this do you want to see this but in two hours that's what you'll I, I think that's what uh trailers are now especially so. for big uh you know I, at this point um i, I see so few trailers because i don't uh, i get to I get to go to i'm lucky enough to go to screenings and stuff um but if it's a movie that I know I want to see, I do the thing of like covering my eyes and ears or whatever, or just hmm. like looking down and covering my ears. I don't. Interesting. Uh, I, remember, I remember the, uh, which this didn't end up being the biggest deal in the world, but the Born Legacy trailer, I watched about half of it and I was like, they're giving away way too much of the movie. And so I just like did the la 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 in uh, ear thing. In my uh, job that pays me money, um, I have to watch a lot of trailers because I have to right. write about those trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I don't have the luxury of not basically watching any new trailer that comes out. And uh, the the amount of time, like you can actually look at the, you know, before the, you even push play on the YouTube window or whatever. Um, if it is over two and a half minutes, uh-huh. that's too much. They're showing too much that they're... Even two and a half is a little long. Well, because I, I watch a lot of old trailers. I, I think old trailers are amazing. Yeah. Because um, they kind of gave away a lot, but but mostly just like, here's a whole scene and right. then it you know isolated or whatever but most of those were like between a minute and maybe two minutes like 215 is pushing it for old trailers but now it's like routinely three three and a half minute long trailers and and there's multiple trailers that drives me nuts too because it's like here's the teaser now here's the second teaser now here's the full trailer mm-hmm. and then they have like two more trailers 
some like final trailer will be the the week leading up to the movie. Right. It's like I've seen enough of this movie. Yeah. I don't want to go see it. Um, they released the teaser a solid year before the film comes out, and they want to just keep you yeah. like aware perpetually interesting. I, I sort of applaud Marvel with Iron Man three because that movie came out in early May, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they didn't. The teaser they showed at the Super Bowl was really like the first thing you kind of seen. Mm-hmm. Um, that was any substance. Do you remember, um, I guess this was like, like a year and a half ago now when Amazing Spider-Man was coming out, mm-hmm. that, that guy, it got some like notice on the internet that he went to like every like publicity thing that had been released in the U.S. and abroad and found, it was in like 27 minutes, like unique minutes of footage and he cut together essentially a 27 minute version of what he assumed. This is before the movie even yeah. came out. Oh, a wow. 27 minute version of the amazing Spider-Man. Wow. Uh, just based on, that's insane. That, that is absolutely released. insane. That's, that's ridiculous. In fact, yeah. I, I feel like are people really, a, it's the studios like being, we don't have faith that people will want to go see a movie unless but they know again, anything I'm, about the, it. Maybe the, it's the people's the fault. research backs it up. Like That's, people are more likely people who aren't like us, people who aren't movie people are more likely to see a movie if they, the more just, they know about it. And maybe it is because we're movie people, but it's like, I can't even fathom the idea of someone being like, I don't know what that movie's about. I'm not going to go see that. But like, <laughs> <laughs> thank but you like, for not employing a Southern accent. Uh, My no. natural default is that uh, no. all the things that people like us, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Kevin in the woods, but like, you know, People who were into movies were like, "Don't give away the secret," you know. Yeah. And like the people who didn't know, and our and our and our movie fans loved where Cabin in the Woods went. Mm-hmm. The average moviegoer hated that because they felt tricked. I know yeah. he was sitting behind me. Yeah, when I when I saw it, and like I know, I mean, we you this is turning into a whole topic. We can be like condescending or elitist about that, but that's uh, that's how they feel. That's well, uh, that's what it, makes us elitist. Is you know, you can't be elite and in the majority. Yeah. We're in the minority and better, thus we are elite. Okay. Well, Makes there's plenty of me. things that guy can do better than you can. I don't think so. Probably I feel like, like jumping lakes, probably. Like, <laughs> exactly. How's that? How's that? Yeah. Hopefully he's got a lot of practice. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I have anything to say about it, that guy's going to get a lot of practice jumping into lakes. Um, uh, all right. Um, that's not, but that's not the topic. Um, it, it was a really fun discussion. Uh, but um, at the end of the day, which is a phrase that I hate, Go see Don John and don't feel bad about watching the trailer first because it's great. Uh, have you been saying it Don John like I have or Don John, which is probably the right way to say it? Uh, I think I probably emphasize John. Yeah, I think that's the way you're supposed to do because his name is John and it's a play on Don Juan. Mm-hmm. So you, I think you're supposed to say Don John, but I have been pl- been saying Don John like since the beginning and I don't know why. Well, what? that sounds like John John, like uh, J.F. Kennedy <laughs> Jr. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of the uh, the Waltons, right? I don't know. I don't no, that's know. John, John Boy. John Boy, that's yeah, right. yeah. Um, how do you guys say the most recent Michael Bay movie? Which pain and Gain. That is how I would say it. Uh-huh. I know a lot of people say Pain and Gain. <laughs> it's like in Pain and Gain. <laughs> what? <laughs> I kind of like Like that. it's one word. And I, and I, Donjon, that's how I'm going to start Dungeon. saying. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. And isn't, doesn't... Uh, Friend of the show and uh, infinitely more successful podcaster Dave Chen, No Country for Old Men. <laughs> I love that. It's, but he doesn't say it self-consciously. Like he, that's how he says it, and yeah, I, and I think I, that's great. I love it. No Country yeah. for Old Men. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, let's get into it, shall we? What is the topic, Kyle? Well, you, this is your idea. It was. I'm fascinated to hear about. Um, it. It's it's funny. 
that uh, all these people who seem to want to know things about the trailer, it's almost like they're entitled to know things. Right, right. Uh, because they're, they're fans of movies and things like yeah, that. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at transitions. Um, yeah, I've been... I, I'm getting really irritated because I, you know, I, I am in the kind of geek sphere, um, where people are huge fans of things, but then if something is not the exact thing that they expect or want, they get really bent out of shape before they've even seen the thing. Um, and so I, I contacted you guys about coming on and, and essentially bitching about it, um, which is fan entitlement. I just, it's like, I mean, the summation of it will be fuck off, but I think <laughs> so we're talking mostly about things that are based on existing properties. That yeah. We're already fans of there's yeah, that is, that is, I think probably a huge, huge and, factor. And the thing that co- sort of made it fall into pr- place for me is between you suggesting the topic and this. Yeah. Another thing came up. The, the 50 shades of gray movie. Yeah. Cast. Yeah. And not only did people say, we don't like Charlie Hunnam and uh, Dakota Johnson, Dakota Johnson from yeah. uh, um, the TV show. Yeah. Kate. Um, not plus eight though right uh no okay she's also in the social network um but uh people didn't just take the internet to say like we don't like these people yeah they like started a petition yeah to send to i don't know warner brothers who's uh, doing who, i have no idea i'm not gonna see that movie uh, um uh and so that yeah. was that really made it it was almost like <laughs> like Kyle came up with an idea and I was like, Hmm, I wish I had a clear example. And the universe <laughs> like, Oh, here you go. Here's what Kyle's talking about. Well, I'm sure you did it in response to the Ben Affleck as Batman. That was, that really started it. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, it's like, yeah, that is a little bothersome. That's a good topic. And then an even bigger thing yeah. came along. And, and thankfully di- been, an entirely different set of people got yeah, mad about it. Yeah. Which is kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, cause it's always big fat guys sitting in basements. You know what I mean? <laughs> we need, we need, little skinny 45 year old women there's probably a fair number of fat guys reading 50 shades of gray you're probably right but you know what the only person i've ever seen i, I read the subway almost every day the only person i've ever seen reading 50 shades of gray was uh a man i'm not gonna call him fat he was stocky okay maybe a little bit portly okay stocky to portly but not fat okay would you say he was barrel chested <laughs> um it, to his face, I probably would. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You're, you're barrel chested. You're big hey, bone. Uh, hey, uh, describe me. <laughs> it's like, well, this is very, this is very strange. But uh, I'm gonna say uh, barrel chested. Would you okay. say that my bones are larger than normal people's bones? <laughs> well, people have been saying that my whole life. <laughs> if you'll excuse me, I got to go finish this horrifying book. <laughs> um, Hold yeah. on, I. Uh, I so want to jump on the bandwagon of hating Fifty Shades of Grey, but I've never read a single. Uh, yeah, I have word nothing from about it. it. So I, have, I didn't say horrible. I have no opinion. I didn't say horrible. I said horrifying, because by all right, in many ways, it kind of is. I'm a little bit troubled about what I've read about it being being a sex positive person and a person who is totally, um, uh, I guess, okay with not that they need me to be okay, but okay with with uh, BDSM, you know. Um, uh, what I've heard from actual like, you know, doms and subs reading the book and saying that the the way that it's practiced in that book is actually really irresponsible and dangerous. Really, that upsets me a little bit. You well, know? and maybe that's where, and that's the thing. None of us have read it. I'm probably never going to. Um, I don't I like that do. cover. I don't like neckties that much. <laughs> I do like neckties. I don't like that necktie. Yeah. That necktie looks a little, like, 90s. It looks like Regis Philbin should have a shirt that matches that necktie. Oh, yeah, exactly. 
they should have cast Regis Philbin. <laughs> that'd be um, great. I oh, would see that. Oh, that's a movie I would see many <laughs> times. What I need you to do was bend over. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it was Regis by way of uh, Jack Lemmon. Yeah. Like oh, you're right. I, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> no, that, that, don't, don't change a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's, um, yeah, and so, uh, so what was it? What is it that bothers you? Let's well, let's go back. Okay, Kyle, I want to take you back in the way way back machine, all the way back to the announcement of Ben Affleck mm-hmm. as Batman uh, in the sure to be terrible Zack Snyder film, <laughs> probably. Um, yes. But uh, well, if you want my reaction to that news, sure. Let's which start, was let's start with that. Okay, which was oh, and not because of Ben Affleck in the least. Mm-hmm. The more I thought about it, I was like, okay, I see why they they chose him. It just seemed to me like a very safe choice in mm. that uh man of steel did good you know it did well by most people's standards uh got really panned by most critics yes um rightfully so um but they were like we and warner brothers is scared to to put out a movie that doesn't immediately make a billion dollars because of the success of marvel and the success of other things so they've been they've been basically had the date of whatever 2015 we're gonna compete with avengers 2 and we're gonna compete with star wars we're gonna do it you guys um forever and so they were gonna do a justice league movie and then they decided to do this and it was like ben affleck is a star he is a he's he's a name he is a uh, a box office draw he just won an oscar like all these things uh the the heat is on him and he could be batman so let's mm-hmm. cast him uh and so like i don't care that ben affleck like, i don't think he's gonna the problem with that movie is not going to be Ben Affleck. I don't think. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just seemed like a very safe choice. And so after the initial like, uh, and then I was kind of like, okay, all right. Ben Affleck is Batman. Fine. I'm moving on. So many people were like anti, like I immediately hate this decision. Why would you, you know, and I even made a couple jokes too, just to join the bandwagon of being like, uh, it's like they were trying to make the most terrible movie of all time, but like, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be the most terrible movie of all time. It probably won't even be the worst Batman movie of all time. Um, but that, that bar is right. It's a high or low, depending on how you're looking yeah, at it. Yeah. Um, but so many people were like, well, he's not Batman. And you know, I, I won't ever see a movie where he's, ba- it's just like, you do realize Batman still exists, right? Like <laughs> there's nothing they can do to make Batman not a thing anymore. Yeah. So right. just like, Oh, you know, chill like out it, about wait it. 10 years. Yeah. Maybe five. Maybe yeah. How many people were years. upset about Christian Bale? Like when they, the announcement, or even Heath Ledger, when the announcement came right. out, they're Heath like, Ledger. Heath Ledger, come on. He's going to be me. Yeah. Including me. I remember thinking like, this pretty boy. But then, of course, I, I thought back mm-hmm. to Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, Monsters Ball. Monsters Ball. Yeah. And yeah. recognize, admittedly, there's nothing about those characters that would imply, oh, he'd be good for the Joker, except yeah. that he's a, he was able to play them. Yeah. And he's a very good actor. And it was one of those things like, I have enough. By that time, Christopher Nolan had bought enough credit with me that it's just like, all right, uh, he must have seen something that yeah. I haven't seen before. Well, Batman Begins, like, yeah. it's it, the fact that you have Christian Bale, who is much better than he has any right to be as as bruce wayne uh he's probably the best as batman in my opinion in that film and batman begins um uh but then you you know he populates the rest of the movie with these really great actors like yeah. gary oldman that was a revelation to me because in the films and even on the tv show uh commissioner gordon was kind of a nothing like he was just well i'm gonna he was good in the animated series he was great in the animated series yeah, yeah. but they that's they basically took 
that kind of thing and, and the way that he's portrayed in Batman Year One. And it's like, yeah, Gary Oldman, of course. Like, to me, that's like the Gary Oldman movie, that movie. Um, then you have Morgan Freeman, you've got Michael Caine, you've got all these really great actors. So it's like, obviously, he knows how to cast. Mm-hmm. He knows how to cast the right people. Maybe not the people in the box or whatever. And there was a low-level hubbub with uh, Anne Hathaway. Not very much. Yeah, there was some. But yeah. enough that people were like, Anne Hathaway? Yeah. America's sweetheart? You know, um, it's just like, how could she play? But then, of course... Even people that weren't big fans of Dark Knight Rises, even those people, yeah. she was great. She was great, yeah. Um, and there are people who still don't like Anne Hathaway, which really... Are there people? Uh, you, uh, to, not, to not like Anne Hathaway is to not like life. Jen is still a little sour on Han- Anne Hathaway as a function of the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, but she was she was really doing her... She was really, really trying. I know. I'm, and maybe as much as, as bad as it was, the Oscars actually endeared me more to Anne Hathaway. Because she was stuck out there yeah. with James Franco. It really made me not like James Franco, though. <laughs> yeah. And I, which has continued to this day. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, uh, you watch her and, you know, hosting the Oscars and you think like, oh, bless her heart. You know, she's, yeah. she's given it her well, all. What was it, the year before that or something like that, where she came up and did that dance number with Hugh Jackman? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was great. Yeah. I was like, both of them can be my best friends. Oh, she's great. I'm and I, I like her quite a bit. I mean, and if you haven't seen Rachel getting married, it's a wonderful film. It is. Yeah. But, um, my, but real quick, my reaction to Ben Affleck being cast. Um, well, it was the opposite of when I first heard that Zack Snyder was doing Superman. My first reaction was like, oh, good. All the good directors can go make movies. I'm actually interesting and interested <laughs> in seeing. And so my my reaction to Ben Affleck was like oh darn now he won't be making movies that I want to see because yeah. he's be stuck, gonna be stuck doing this Batman thing yeah it's yeah my my reaction was if they had cast was basically if they cast anybody besides uh Christian Bale uh just because I like consistency and if they're going to try and make it seem like I don't know I guess they're just building a whole new yeah it's, yeah, it's universe, new it's completely new except yeah. it's still going to be Henry Henry, well, no, it's Henry Cavill, yeah, but that doesn't take place within the Dark Knight universe. I know, but I just wish that they had just... Uh, I know, they the started fresh with Man of Steel. Right. What, I wish they had done another Batman movie with Ben Affleck as Batman and then brought I'm complete. I'm actually really happy they didn't do that. Oh, really? really? Okay. Um, because uh, we know who Batman is. Batman has been around so much lately. Yeah. Everyone knows who Batman is. I like that he's older. I like maybe do a solo Batman movie after this movie or something like that. Maybe. But, uh, I like the idea of him being like the older kind of grizzled kind of like, I've been doing this for a while and now you have superpowers and all that. I kind of like that idea. Um, I don't like origin stories for characters that we know already. Oh, I didn't mean origin. No, I know. But like, yeah, the function of him having his own movie to begin with is going to be an origin story, whether or not, because Thor is a person like Thor has been around for a long time, but in the movie, it's still essentially his origin story. Yeah. So by giving him, by putting, uh, the older Batman in a Superman movie with Superman, the character that we didn't know very well, cause he hadn't been around since, mm-hmm. um, uh, Brandon Routh did it, which most people don't like. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel like they're, they're doing, something new with the character, um, especially so soon after they had just made a movie. That's true. If so, what you're saying is if they kept the dynamic of kind of the, uh, the young and somewhat naive firebrand of Superman and the older and more world weary Batman, exactly. They did that where Batman is not necessarily a supporting character, but in kind of the Morgan, (laughs) I don't know why I jumped to seven, 
but sure he's, he's the somerset to, to, yeah, yeah. to superman's mills yeah yeah and so like if it but was has the upper hand now <laughs> <laughs> oh what was i and, by, oh. and we can all agree just for a second brian cranston is like Luthor's great right Everyone's well, okay with that, that. that hasn't been decided yet. No, that's 100% true. That's 100% that true? true. I thought I that thought was, that was not. I thought that was pushed aside. Huh? Well, I mean, you've got your Nerdist resources. I wasn't going to say the name. We've got our, but, all right. We've got our mirror battleship retention. I resources. could be wrong too. Cause I got my nose buried in some doctor who stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so. Fair enough. All right. I thought that was merely a rumor and then they moved on, but maybe that's true. And that's, and that's the thing is when that was floating around and we'll get back to the fan entitlement thing in a moment, but when that was floating yeah, I'm around, I'm going to say we are off topic. Yeah. When that was floating around, my first response was the same thing as with Ben Affleck. People were angry about Ben Affleck, and I was just like, this is a Zack Snyder film. Who gives a shit? Yeah, it's right. going to be bad no matter what. Yeah. But then people were excited about Brian Cranston. It's like, mm, yeah, it's a shame he's in a Zack Snyder film. Yeah. Because it's going to be shitty no matter what. But it's probably going to be better than uh, that Total Recall movie he was in. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I didn't see that. But yeah, okay. So... So what? what is it that... Well, I want to talk about another example to get back to fan, fan entitlement. Right. Um, I was, uh, um, watching, uh, the new RoboCop trailer with, with some Sure, that's a, that's another good one, yeah. And about halfway through, one of my coworkers went, the suit's black? And then for the second half of the trailer, it was just like, not even paying attention. He was yeah. like, I can't believe the suit's black. Like, he, he wouldn't even pay attention to the, right, <laughs> to the trailer anymore because they made it a uh, black metal instead of silver metal. Yeah. And they showed you the silver metal and right. then they moved past the, to <laughs> yeah, the black. It's like, it's like they're giving you the finger. Yeah. It, this is my whole thing about fan and every individual fan now feels like they uh, the studio or whoever you know the director the writer whoever are beholden to them mm-hmm. and them only to make a movie that they like right it's this weird like um uh this weird mentality of like i don't like this this is an insult to me as a human being mm-hmm. and a liker of these things. It's just like, okay, there's a bad movie or a movie you don't like. You don't have to like every movie. They just, um, Star Trek fans fairly recently just voted dark, uh, Star Trek into darkness, the worst Star Trek movie of all time. Okay. Yeah. It's like the late eighties never happened or something like that. Or any of the next gen movies ever happened. Okay. You don't like Star Trek into darkness. Yes, they messed some things up. I didn't particularly love the ending of that movie. It's it's a much better movie than Final Frontier or Generations or Insurrection or Nemesis. Like it's way better than those movies. And yet they're like, it's the newest one and I hate it. So it's the worst. Right, well, right. Do you think some of it could, because we've been thinking about this topic for a while and I've been trying to think why do people feel that sense of entitlement? And I think it comes from a feeling of ownership. They feel like sure. they possess this thing, especially I think this this is a new thought, so I don't know if I believe it. <laughs> okay. Um, I am ready to shoot it down if yeah. I disagree with it, one iota of it. I wonder if it is a byproduct of a geek mentality, whether it be about Star Trek or Fifty Shades of Grey, this thing that you love and you kind of geek out about. Like fanaticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and just... Where like you, it's like you love it so much that you feel like you've put the work in, you've put sure. the effort into loving it. And for some asshole to come along and do this whole other thing, it's like, now I got to think of it in a different way. And now other people can possess it. Now, yeah. I don't know that that might be kind of abstract and probably well, not. 
I, I don't think you're that far off. I've I, this also happened a lot with the Harry Potter movies um, because mm-hmm. I know some people who any change from the book send them into it like oh it wasn't like the book they changed this why would they change this there's a perfectly good book it's like because it's a movie it's a different thing like yeah, if also those movies would have been eight hours <laughs> right to eight to eleven hours long if they yeah like, yeah because i know some people were upset that whole that hermione's whole thing about like uh elf freedom i don't know if you've read the books. yeah 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 like She's, that was yeah. left out of the movies uh entirely really and that's a it's a it's a big part of uh, a couple of the books uh but yeah and it's a it's a fun little storyline yeah but it you would have had to have a, have a, like a whole other act of the movie to to incorporate that yeah and it, it just doesn't seem it and i know and then there are people that i i respect a lot who are like why would they even bother making it if they're just going to change some stuff? And it's not even like huge major changes or anything like that. It's enough to make a film work within the context of the film. But it's, it's like how many um, books did Kubrick or Hitchcock adapt and then change a bunch? Yeah. So if, you know, well, it goes, and, and, and my, my response would go back to what you said is that the book still exists. Yeah, it's still there. You can still go read yeah. it. The movie is a different thing. Um, I, I, I've and it has seen, to be a different thing. I've seen both sides of this argument with Game of Thrones among Game of Thrones sure. fans, which I guess, I mean, having read, I've read the first two books now. The first book and the first season are They're super really, the same, yeah. Yeah, but they they definitely, like, um, moved some stuff from the second book into the mm-hmm. uh, into the third, and they had some of the third stuff be in the yeah. or early, you know, at the end of the second season. But um, uh, there are some fans who have been really really okay about that yeah and there there have definitely been some who have who have complained because largely they haven't as as, with the exception of shifting things around of when you tell them and things like that there's not a whole lot of stuff that's changed obviously those books are huge giant books and you can take yeah yeah 10 hours a year to yeah exactly so i mean you have to cut out some stuff Mm -hmm. you know there are whole characters who aren't even in the show because their characters aren't that important to the overall story arc, but that's fine. Like, you know, I'm sure there are people whose favorite character got cut out of season two of game of Thrones, but you know, it's like, there's still this book or there's still the book with this character in, and there's still a TV show that's very well done based on this book that you love. So I don't understand. I don't understand the, the, the exact, the one-to-one ratio that people expect from what, the first thing they love, what's in their head, and then to the next thing that's mm-hmm. made from it. It's 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 very disproportionate, and it's very and, it doesn't and, make any and, sense. And the thing is, uh, if you act, when you actually say it like that, it's it starts like you, you start to get to a point of like, well, why would you want that? Yeah, it's because at that point, you get your and, friends together and act it out or something. Right. Well, at that point, it's just so you want the exact same thing that you have. Yeah. You want no variation. You just want this projected, essentially. And that's all. Like if it's a book, for example. Yeah. Or a comic book. You want this on the big screen. And it has to then compete with your imagination. And it just it's it, it just makes no sense to me. Like, that's a perfect way to put it is the one-to-one ratio. It's like, oh, well, that's exactly equal. And... One could say a sort of common denominator, and the thing about a common denominator is it can be brushed away. Mm-hmm. It can, you know, mm-hmm. in math terms, it can be dismissed. And so, and if you've got something that's just a pure 
adaptation just a hundred percent then after a certain point just like this is useless Mm -hmm. as a film yeah that, it's not doing anything. The it's example, like whenever uh, off when Game of Thrones comes out, I think about because I hadn't read the Game of Thrones books before, but I have on multiple multiple occasions read uh, Neil Stevenson's Baroque Cycle. I don't know if you guys have read uh, what is it? Uh, Quicksilver, the Confusion, and the System of the World. That's three books that tell one story. Uh, I've read it multiple times, and I would love to someday. You know, when when I watch Game of Thrones, I think this means hope. There's hope. Maybe someday they'll make mm-hmm. uh, a Baroque Cycle series, but. Um, uh, I wouldn't. I, I I have whole scenes in my head from the Baroque cycle that I can revisit any time, and I do. Like I think about like Jack Shafto grabbing a scimitar and jumping on the back of an ostrich and fucking locking people's heads off, which is awesome. Um, now but, that image is in my head. Yeah, but it doesn't have to happen the way that I'm seeing it in my head because uh, I already have that. Yeah. The whole point of adapting it is that it's a a new take. Yeah, it's someone else's interpretation yeah. of that thing. And someone seems, who doesn't like it the same way that you do. And this seems to be uh, a product of a lot of different, very modern elements. And I'm sure there are people that, you know, had read Gone with the Wind or, you know, uh, Wizard of Oz. And uh, they came out the same year. How about that? Um, I didn't mean to do that. But, like, they had read those books, loved them, and then the movies came out. And those people, it's it's possible those people might have thought, this isn't gone with the wind. I don't know if that's true or not. It's possible. Yeah. That's who, not who I thought was going to be Rhett Butler. Right. right. Whereas now it's assured that anything that is, that has any kind of following, well, do you think there will be a decision made that people don't like. Do you think that, um, some of the geeks of the world have taken the, I guess, the conventional wisdom that the that the geeks have inherited something, right? Mm-hmm. That 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 uh, geeks are controlling things now because comic book movies are are big and everything. Do you think that are, that some geeks have maybe taken that a little too much to heart and think that uh, well, we're in charge now, or we get a say well, now? I mean, it's I don't very, know if they would ever verbalize it like yeah. that, but I think they might emotionally have taken that in. Sure. I mean, when you get the seventh movie in the summer of something based on something that you read, you're going to be like, hey, you know, like you're going to start thinking Hollywood's making stuff for you. Uh Well, and it's okay. So uh, I'm not I'm not necessarily playing devil's advocate, but I'll bring up a couple different things in which I had a previous association. Uh, The Wolverine. Did you see it? I did. Okay. Uh, So we were talking with uh, Mike Schmidt about this on the show I had read the original uh, Wolverine, like little, I don't, not mini series. I don't know what it's called, but it's Logan it's, goes to Japan. That's what that's it's called. called. Yeah, and it's written by uh, Frank Miller. Yeah. Okay. So mm, I actually, had, I think it was just drawn by him. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It has the well. I guess it's not nearly uh, Chris, Chris Claremont. I believe wrote it. Oh yes, yes, he wrote. Yeah, he was uh, the Wolverine guy for. Yeah, uh, he was the know. X-Men guy for a while. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, and so like, it was. So I read that several times when I was a kid and going into the Wolverine, I didn't expect it to be that close. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really, I didn't expect expect it to be close at all. I just thought, oh, well, the character does have these associations. So this will be interesting. But then when you saw like name, when you saw names of characters that you knew about start to come in and you see certain relationships come in, I found myself instinctively being like, oh, wow, they're doing are they doing, I mean, they're not adapting it exactly, of course, but yeah. they're, they're doing this. Like, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. And, they're, and they're, they're even, 
there's even some images in there, like uh, Wolverine just uh, covered with arrows, you know? Sure, that, yeah. That are from, and just like, okay, good for them. See, they know a good image when they see one. But then, like, and I started to get excited that this thing that I was raised with, that I loved, was being realized in a way that did justice to it. And then, of course, it all falls, falls apart at the end. And as it fell apart, I, it I found fell my, all the way apart. What was that? I don't think it fell all the way apart. It, that's true. But uh, they incorporated an element, uh, a giant... Uh, Robot? Yeah. Ro- uh, yes. I haven't seen the movie. Wink, wink. A robot. Is it a robot? I don't know. Um, and so <laughs> you don't know. I do know, but I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Um, it's a robot. <laughs> Talking to the robot. And so, but they, they, they start to incorporate things that are not from that original story. And my first thought, and that's just, you know, I don't, I'm not proud of this, mm-hmm. but my first thought is just like, why are you trying to improve on the original story? The original story gave you everything you wanted. And as time has gone on, I just realized like, well, it's the original story is not really summer blockbuster. Right. You know? And so I, I incorporate these other elements into it, but I had that instinct of this is a thing that I have such strong opinions and it's already so good. If you're going to do it, why would you do it? Why would you take such a hard left turn? Like why? So I, even I have experienced that, sense of entitlement and i'll get to the other second uh, the other thing in a moment david you're going to say something just i i, I keep going uh, i guess i was still in my head about the neil stevenson books um that uh the first one especially quicksilver uh if they made that as a tv series the way that it's told where certain characters don't even show up until 400 pages in and certain characters disappear for three or 400 pages at a time they wouldn't do that on tv They'd mix the stories up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like what they did with the Lord of the Rings movies. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that wouldn't bother me because I know that what movies or TV need, what visual storytelling needs is different than what book needs, books need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and so um, I, I guess I keep coming back to this idea that it still exists. The thing yeah. you like still exists. And not only is this just a, does this new, there's this movie version of it not take away from that it also it is a different thing it's yeah. a movie not a book or not a comic book or not whatever and so it has to serve different uh uh necessities i guess yeah i mean it, it also has to by and large appeal to a larger audience it has to appeal to an audience that doesn't want to sit for four hours and watch a movie um uh, these christopher nolan batman movies got to nearly four hours i feel yeah like. <laughs> well the yeah dark knight rises was pushing three hours which is too long for a superhero movie mm-hmm. um but i mean it's it's you get to the point eventually that uh what what can you do if if all you're trying to do is appease the small section of people who the people who have seen the dark knight films versus the people who have read the books upon which they're based uh-huh. it's a huge discrepancy mm-hmm. so Obviously, they're trying to appeal to more than just the people who have read the books. So there's no reason, because it's, getting back to your earlier point, it's not for the geeks. It's for everybody, right. but geeks material is cinematic now, so we mm-hmm. can make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Plus, I mean, uh, this is something I've been making for years. The geeks are going to go see it anyway. Yeah. No matter what they do to it, they got that money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's exactly it, I think. Yeah. And, well, let me... Because I'm trying to get into the, and I'm sure we, I'm sure at some point all of us 
like let's say they made a, let's say they were going to make a trill a movie trilogy out of the what is it called the Neil Stevenson? It's called the Baroque Cycle. The Baroque Cycle. Be well, it'd be okay. four movies, obviously. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Let's say they did that and they said we've got the visionary that's going to do it. It is. Brett Ratner. Brett Ratner. Uh, he's a good. He's a good uh, example for anytime. So anytime you want to be like, oh yeah, this this guy's directing this. Dime Store Michael like, Bay. Everyone's <laughs> like, ah oh, shit. So let's say Baroque Cycle directed by Brett Ratner. That would bum me out. Actually. It would bum you out. But you and, know, I, I don't know why because I don't hate Brett Ratner. I have n- I've never seen X from the Last Stand, which I think is a source mm, of a lot of people's ire. For yes. I don't like him as a person yes. when he's interviewed and stuff like that. But of the three Brett Ratner movies that I've seen, which are uh, Rush Hour, The Tower Heist, and the one uh, with... Red uh, Dragon? Did you see Red Dragon? No, the one with Pierce Brosnan. What was it called? Oh, what was that one called? After the Sunset? After the Sunset. Yeah. Of those three, I kind of like Rush Hour, and I kind of really like Tower Heist. So I guess I, I don't think I hate Brett Ratner as much as other people do. Yeah, and I saw... Red Dragon, uh, X-Men The Last Stand, The Family Man was him as was well. Was that him? Yes. Mm. Um, was that? I think oh, so. Oh, yeah, I was. I'm thinking of The Weatherman, which is yeah, called that's, Yes, that's a different guy. And, um, do they both have Nicolas Cage? They sure do. Yeah. That's but only funny. one of them has him with a bow and arrow. I did not see The Weatherman. Weatherman's not bad. It's not a bad movie. Why does he have a bow and arrow? Uh, I think he kills a lot of people. I might be oh, misremembering. Okay. okay. Anyway, uh, I know he kills a lot of people in the Family Man, which is something that's <laughs> not you know not yeah. a direction. He kills families. He yeah. kills whole the family. That's why they call him the Family Man. Yeah. Um, it's like the Wet Bandits. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, <laughs> okay. So you've seen so I've Last, seen Last and Red Dragon <laughs> and the Family Man. The Red Dragon. Let's just try and do it with everything now. <laughs> And so, um, but that's the thing. So like, but you certainly don't think that he is a good choice to realize any, any world or character of Neil Stevenson. Yeah. I don't think he would be the right guy for, for that. Right. Well, how about this? But if it was a good script, I would trust him not to fuck it up too bad. Okay. Who's a writer that's not good, (laughs) you know, like, but you know, um, as long as on the topic of Neil Stevenson, uh, which I, I guess I keep coming back to Neil Stevenson because there's not a lot of things that I am nerdy enough about to have that sort mm-hmm. of entitlement. Mm-hmm. But I think Neil Stevenson's novels, maybe I am because I, I read, I've read them a lot. Um, but Snow Crash is being adapted and potentially directed by Joe Cornish, who did mm-hmm. Attack the Block, and I am over the moon about that. Yeah, yeah. That is a great choice. Yeah. But that's the thing is it just as, it just as easily could have not been. Uh-huh. You know, like, it's... And so I'll put it – so here's another thing. Let's say Snow Crash directed by Brett Ratner. Okay. Now – Now, you know that – I guess I would – now, this is going to be uninteresting to listeners who haven't read the things. Okay. But uh, I would – like, Snow Crash is more action-y, and so I feel like Brett Ratner might be able to not mess that up as much, as, uh, as much whereas, whereas the Baroque Cycle is about uh, – it has a lot more going on. In okay. It. Either way, something that you that you really love, and frankly, something guess, that here, is here's peak- the point that I'm trying to make. Okay, and then I'll let you finish. Okay, is that um, I think Snow Crash has just as many ideas, but they're cool ideas. Whereas there's stuff that I think 
based on what I know about Brett Radner and things that he said, including specific words that he said, mm-hmm. I think certain things about Brogue Cycle he would think are faggy. Because <laughs> he's used that word. I only feel comfortable using that word because he has used that word. Fair enough. I mean, <laughs> so maybe that's, it's, that, maybe that's why I don't like the idea of Brett Ratner t- touching the Brogue Cycle. Okay, well, let's go ahead and say that he he's doing it. Okay. All right? And he's going to... He's but really going to funk synth cycle. He'd be all over it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, and so, I mean, who, who's who out there is talking about the Baroque cycle? It is not a sought after commodity. And that's nothing against you or the things that you like. So the thing is, when he makes it. That's it, probably for your lifetime. Oh, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so now I'll take that and I'll use, I'll, I'll use me, the Riddler. Okay. Riddler's been represented on. Don't call yourself the Riddler, please. Thank you very much. Yeah. I like to call myself. Here's the thing. I'm terrible at riddles, Uh but I like question marks Um, (laughs) and the color green. And so, um, okay. So I love the Riddler as, as listeners know, he's only been represented on the big screen twice, one by Frank Gorshin. And that was just a function of the TV show. Right. And one by Jim Carrey in the not good Batman forever, which I loved when I was a child. I did as well. And then, uh, I think a year later I, <laughs> I, I ceased to like it. It was about the fourth time I watched it on tape. I was like, Oh, this isn't very good. Is it? Yeah. And just, and I remember even at the time I had this thought of like, you know, Two-Face is, he just keeps flipping his coin until he gets what he wants. You know, I don't think he's of two minds about this. <laughs> like, even as a kid, I was like, I, I don't think they're doing this right. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. So Riddler has, not, that was 95. So that was 18 years ago. Jesus. Riddler has not been represented since. Mm-hmm. I myself would have loved to play the Riddler. Oh, my no. <laughs> um, I'd have to lose so much weight for that. Uh, he t- tends to be a thin character. Um I myself would have loved to see Christopher Nolan take on a character like the Riddler. That didn't happen. And chance and now like okay they're going to do uh they're bringing in a new a new Batman, they're going to relaunch that franchise uh, at some point, mm-hmm. you know. Um and maybe they'll do the Riddler, maybe they won't. They might see the opportunity to do Joker again, mm-hmm. you know, or any number of other people, you know, the there's a they might want to try and do two face right. A lot of people say that he's never been done right. Um, and so from and so let's say they make a Batman movie with Ben Affleck with Will Patton as the Riddler. <laughs> All right. That makes sense to listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I myself am just like, oh, OK, well. I guess I'm going to have to wait 20 or 30 years before they do the Riddler again. And so it's that feeling of like, there's the potential that this thing you love, they could get it right. Mm -hmm. And then they don't. And so there's the disappointment that comes with that. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not defending it. I'm once again, I'm trying to see it from the point of view of people that get so angry when they feel like, Oh, here's the opportunity to, Oh, now, I also think that often, like, not liking – often when it comes to casting decisions, I think that usually means a certain lack of imagination on the part of the uh, of the fan. Mm-hmm. Because in the same way that people couldn't imagine Heath Ledger playing the Joker and people can't imagine Ben Affleck playing Batman 
Or Charlie Hunnam playing the character from Fifty Shades. Have of you Grey. seen Ben Affleck's chin? Of course he's Batman. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> Who else do you need? He's um, already played Sor- Superman, kind of in Hollywood Land. Um, I still don't think I, 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 I see what you're saying, but uh, it's it doesn't seem like it's it's just not worth getting as worked up about. Oh, that I, yeah, I'm like, on board with it's you. It's like that. oh, that's a sh- oh, geez, Louise, I can't believe they did that. <laughs> But I still got the thing that I like. Yeah. So, like, for me, I'm a huge fan of Batman just in general. Like, but they're always going to make a Batman movie because it always makes money for them. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, like, even if they mess this one up, it's like, yeah, there's been shitty Batman movies before. And to me, the Dark Knight trilogy is as good as they can be. Still, for me, the the animated series is me, to me, what Batman is. And it's still there. And they're on DVD, and I can watch them anytime I want to. And they got the Riddler right. They sure did. (laughs) By the way, while I'm on the topic of Batman, I wanted to, you know I love the website pajiba.com. Yes. We've had Amanda May uh, Minky on here before. Um, They did like a, like your fantasy casting type thing. Mm -hmm. They did a, when when Ben Affleck, Batfleck as they call him, gets his own standalone movie, Mm -hmm. they did some fantasy casting. I want to run down who it is. Okay. Uh, Alan Rickman is Alfred. Okay. Great. Casey Affleck is Robin. Hmm. This one you love. Titus Welliver is Commissioner, Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> um, All right. Jennifer Garner is Catwoman. Uh, this one close. I'll see how you guys think. Jason Lee is the Joker. I think I feel like there was talk of him being the Joker at some point before. Maybe I'm thinking. I think he'd else. make a better Riddler than Joker. Actually, um, <laughs> that's your answer for everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt Damon is Harvey Dent. Okay. Uh, Michelle Monaghan as Harley Quinn. All right. Hmm. Um, John Goodman is Detective Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> this one is awesome. Uh, Alan Arkin is Mr. Freeze. <laughs> I'm so cold all the time. <laughs> uh, John Hamm is Clayface. That's a weird one, but funny. <laughs> and then the last joke one is Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes as the ventriloquist in Clayface. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Um, but what I was trying to um, so they're going to always have a Batman movie. And, yeah, yeah. But I'm also, and, and in recent years, much more, not so much right now, but there for a while, was a huge fan of the Green Lantern books. I, okay, was, yeah. I was reading those like crazy. And then they made the movie, and I was really excited that they were making the movie. And then it ran into all these problems and stuff, and I wasn't crazy about Ryan. I like Ryan Reynolds in theory. Uh, he's not done much to show that he should be well-liked, but... Um, <laughs> uh, I was fine with that, I guess. And then, but it just kept running into problems. And I, so then I heard it was terrible. So I didn't see that movie. And then I saw it, I don't know, a couple months ago. I just was like, all right, I'm gonna watch this. Uh, it's not a good movie, uh-huh. but I wasn't, I'm like, all right, so it's not a good movie. You, you know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't affect the fact that I would read and enjoy the green lantern books. Well, I think this gets to, uh, maybe we can start wrapping up on this. Um, when this gets to the idea, uh, that, or what? I, what the point I want to make to get back to RoboCop because you know we, I, I've hypothesized about these Neil Stevenson novels, mm-hmm. but RoboCop is a thing that I'm a huge fan of that actually is getting remade. Yeah, um, and so I think maybe the right approach is to do what I did, which is to be skeptical and cynical from the word go. Sure. And then <laughs> if something comes out like the footage I saw, um, or I, you know, I kind of like the trailer, but the footage I saw at Comic Con, the, the stuff they showed looked fun and funny. Like, there's a chance now that RoboCop the remake might be good and now i get to be pleasantly surprised yeah as opposed to being disappointed that it's terrible yeah uh because i uh, you know i'm so mad yeah uh, and some people are upset that they're even remaking it which uh, at this point it is getting ridiculous the amount of things that they're remaking rebooting re- revamping mm. re whatevering yeah um everything 
every studio that has a property that hasn't been remade yeah. is in some stage of development or remaking yeah. that property. They're just it's always going on, running through Paul Verhoeven movies at this point. They're going to do Showgirls next, guys. <laughs> I can't wait till they remake The Fourth Man with um, <laughs> I don't know Chris Pine. I can't wait till they remake The Sixth Man. <laughs> <laughs> Also with Chris Pine. Yeah, wasn't Whoopi Goldberg in that? I don't remember. No, you're thinking of Eddie. Yeah, that's the yeah, one. The Sixth, the sixth man, man is was with... one of the Wayanses? Uh, I don't remember. Maybe. If it know. isn't, then that's racist. Doesn't matter. Um, the Sixth Day had no Wayanses in it. No. That's yeah. the movie starring Tony Golden, right? Wait, I could have... Sw- I'm Robert Duvall. I'm thinking of Robert Duvall. I'm sorry. I got confused. Um, but... Uh, I gotta look up The Sixth Man. I never saw it, so... If, I, don't, if, I don't even remember anything about it. Was it a basketball movie? I don't think so. Yeah. With, no, it is a basketball movie. It is a basketball movie. Okay. I never remember the guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, That's it. Kadeem, he's a ghost. It's a like ghost dad. It's Kadeem Hardison. Kadeem Har- yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Who's Kadeem Hardison? He was uh, Dwayne Wayne on A Different World, the spinoff to The Cosby Show. I remember that. Wow. We all know a little bit about this movie that I didn't see. So yeah. there are no Wayans in it? I want to say that there's no Wayans. Who's the... Okay, so it was made too long ago to be uh, uh, Sean or Marlon, and it was okay. not made. Are you made sure it was though? I I'm, I feel as though it was. This is a weird, weird tangent, David. You look it up, and I'll make the point. I am I'm trying make. to look it up. If um, they try to remake this, though, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> if they try to remake the Sixth Man, especially if Brett Ratner no, the Third it. Man. That's the one I don't want to remake. Okay. Aha! Marlon Wayans, really, oh. and Kadeem Hardison. Okay, so we're right about that. I don't know which one's the ghost though. But what what Pamer brothers in it? David Pamer. Okay, it's okay. David Pamer's in it. <laughs> Wait, who's the other Pamer? Steve Pamer. I'm, that's not a joke. That's his actual oh, okay. name. <laughs> um, yeah, and the thing okay, that gets so me about... The picture here implies to me that Marlon Wayans is the ghost. Okay. And Kadeem Hardison is the ball player. And so, I guess Marlon Wayans is like the rat to his to Kadeem Hardison's chef, like Ratatouille style. Oh yeah, that I think so. Like, get inside his body and yeah. like, make him All right. play. Okay, yeah, that how it goes. That sounds right to me. Okay, I never saw it. I don't know. I think what was we, I supposed to look up? I think we need to see Bob Pamer, Steve. Doug, come on, guys, Doug Pamer. I don't know if you were supposed to look that up, but you can if you want. What I was going to say is that I, I am especially fascinated when people get angry about. Don't get me wrong. Like, part of me wonders, like, why a certain movie, why it, sh- why anybody feels it needs to be remade, but. If even, it's based on a book, I think it's, I mean, it's taken me a while to get to this, but I feel like it's fair game. Cause how many times did they make the Maltese Falcon? That's not, I don't even know if that is based on a book. Is it? Yeah. yeah, it is yeah, yeah. Uh, they made the it three times. Yeah. Like three times within 15 years, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, the wizard of Oz was remade or was made several times before yeah. Yeah. the Victor Fleming version. Well, and that's the thing is like, it almost, it, it, it yeah, I guess, I guess Dracula, like with, Frankenstein like with, or true grit. Like true sure, grit is okay. something like people are like, I can't believe they're doing true grit. It's like they're going back to the book. So it's, it's fine. Yeah. But RoboCop was not based on a book to my knowledge. No. And, uh, but people, I, I understand the idea. It's like, why, do, why do you even need to remake what that? If it's it like, turned out RoboCop was like to, it was like a remake of the turn of the screw or something. <laughs> 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 Just like went, way went back the to the original novel. Like how clueless um, is actually Emma. Like this is some secret. <laughs> Do you um, think there were fans of Emma who were like, I can't believe they're making it with uh, Alicia Silverstone? <laughs> they no, probably didn't say that because so. nobody knew who that she was at that time. Right. That's true. Right. Um, 
This blonde girl is probably what they said. They're like, oh, she'd make a good Batgirl, though. Um, How great is Clueless, though, you guys? It's pretty awesome. It's pretty good. It's a good movie. So anyway, I'm going to move on. No and shit, you guys going, got Coke here? What I was going to say <laughs> is that uh, is that um, it astounds me. While, while I don't necessarily think that RoboCop needs to be remade, I'm fine with it being remade. And people that are overly upset about it, it's like, that's one where not only do you have the original thing, the original thing is a movie. Yeah. You don't right. even have to go back to like, like, oh, well, I guess I still have the book and maybe that'll be on the big screen someday. It's not even that. You've got a whole movie you can yeah. watch and it's not going anywhere. And so can I, okay, let's, uh, cause I do want to wrap up. Okay. Um, I want to ask you guys, cause I'm sitting here trying to think what is, uh, if it's not RoboCop for me, what is a movie that if you, if they were to announce a remake, you actually would be upset to hear. I'll start with one I thought of. I'm not sure this is my one answer, but I thought, and I know I I rail against like nostalgia and people, you know, uh, uh, lionizing movies of their youth. But one that I know holds up because I watch it all the time is The Princess Bride. And if mm. I heard there was going to be a Princess Bride remake, I would be. Uh, I mean, I guess I'd get over it quickly, but it would upset me more than other things. Well, wasn't there talk some years ago, maybe it's still in the works, but that they were going to remake The Seven Samurai or Seven Samurai. There's no doubt to be any of it. Well, they already made The Magnificent Seven. Right. No, but like they were actually going to remake Seven Samurai with samurais. Huh. Um, I want to say probably about seven of them. Um, <laughs> give or the, take a samurai. Or two. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the thing that the, maybe the reason that wouldn't bother me as much is that I am realistic about the fact that like the target audience for a remake mm-hmm. uh, isn't going to want to watch a black and white movie that's in Japanese. That's nearly four hours long. That's nearly four hours long. Uh, whereas with The Princess Bride, it's like the target audience can already watch that. Yeah. No, that's true. I know, I'm getting mad about a remake that has never been talked about. You know, it's, it's odd. Thinking about, uh, like, putting it that way, a movie they announced, we're going to remake this, would I get – what's a movie that I would get upset about? Uh, the answer is almost – the answer is oddly enough none that I That's can think good. of. Like I've had the thoughts like, OK, what about Kane? What about Citizen Kane? And part of me is just like that'd be inter- – I'd be interested. They did. It was called Raising Kane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn it, De Palma. Um, but like – and then I thought, what about Jaws? I'm like, I think Jaws would be an interesting remake. Like it would – I would always be interested to see what they would do. There again, that's a book. You can yeah. go back to the book. Oh, absolutely. You can do anything. You shouldn't, but you can. Yeah. Um, and then like something like Night of the Hunter or what would it – when or like something like Dr. Strangelove, how fascinating would it be to remake that and update it to like modern yeah. warfare and stuff like that? Um, but then – where I usually get not necessarily angry, but where I start to get a little like perplexed is when I feel like, like if they, if they said, we're going to remake Chinatown, it's just like, what? Yeah. Like that one where it's just like nothing about it demands to be remade. If you were going to, if you're just going to set it in the same period, it's a period film anyway. Yeah. So really what more are you going to do? You could like, if they put it in, make it about a different thing. But the thing that gets me is it was made in the seventies and it took place in the thirties. If they took is when they remade Scarface, which was made in the 30s and took place in the 30s, and then they or took place in the 20s, pardon me. Mm-hmm. But then they made it very much in the 80s mm-hmm. of its time, like Chinatown, because it w- it took place 40 years before it was made. Like 
Well, they were already. It's already been made as a period film. Why would they do it again? That's where I start to get confused. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't necessarily even get angry. I've heard uh, kind of rumblings that they, you know, throughout. I mean, that nothing came of it, but that they were going to remake uh, the Wild Bunch or something like that, or or you know, the one that would really kind of you know make me angry for a little bit would be the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, which is my yeah. favorite movie ever. But it's like you, why I'm, you know, they've done Yojimbo several times. One is a Fistful of Dollars. One is the Last Man Standing. Completely different takes on the same, ostensibly the same story. That's fine. If they wanted to do. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly in space, or something like that. That's great. I don't, I don't care. But it's, it's the idea of them just literally just remaking the movie, not having any source material to pull from. I remember the one that I got upset about, and then had to eat my words when I saw it was Jonathan Demme's The Manchurian Candidate, which actually turned out to be a pretty cool movie. It's yeah, not as good as the original. No, but it's, uh, it, it is its own take mm-hmm. on the story, and it's, uh, it's a really interesting movie. Or how about? You know, uh, Mr. Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, which you guys talked about extensively, mm-hmm. is a great remake, <laughs> but a completely different movie. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is, <clears throat> I mean, David, you said that it's it's probably a good thing that I don't feel instinctively angry or possessive or even What if they're going to remake The General? How, what? How? Why would you? How? <laughs> it would be... Um, you know, as a radio play, it would be in 3D. Okay, of course, that'd be kind of neat. It would be about a, uh, let's say, some sort of space train or like a water train. Yeah, okay. It takes would it be called? Would it be called space train? No, it takes place in a water world type play type situation. Okay, so it's a water train, right? Okay. It's in the future. Okay, and instead of Buster Keaton, it's um, one of the kids from Modern Family. <laughs> Sarah Highland. It's Sarah Highland. Sarah Highland. I was going to go with Rico Rodriguez or <laughs> Nolan Gould. Uh, uh, that's a person's name. That's Luke from uh, uh, Modern Family. I watch that program. <laughs> uh, sold. Okay. At the very least, I want to see this water train. Because it's I want weird, to see right? Yeah. A train that is on the water but is not called a boat. <laughs> that's what I want to see. I mean, I'm used no, to seeing smoke a bunch on the of water, boats but linked together and they go real fast. Yeah, but not on a on a, like a water rail. And I guess it must be a water rail. <laughs> If it's a water is train. It, is it floating? Boat is the train. rail floating or is it on the bottom of the ocean and there's just this thing that uh Yeah, they're really, really deep uh, I think those are called caissons. The part ca- that the part Caisson, it's a Vietnam thing. The part of the bridge that sinks into the soil down below. Okay. C A I S S O N, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Okay. Anyway. Well I'll say this. There's it's not going to be quite as amazing when the water train falls into the water ravine because the water bridge i guess that's just called a bridge uh you know collapses is it a bridge made of water whole thing yeah it's a bridge made of water and it's gonna fall into the like megalodon pit or whatever oh hang on (laughs) hang on and the trade is there a megalodon no, there's a pit of megalodon. A whole oh, they're it's all like, there. You know the end of Temple of Doom when there's all the alligators down at the bottom, or the end of Anacondas. Uh, uh, Anacondas. Search for the blood organ. Um, but hunt, there's hunt, that many megalodons. Hunt, pardon me. Yes, that many megalodons. And yeah, the yeah. thing I have forgotten to mention because I kind of felt like it was obvious: the train is going really, really, really fast. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. much faster than in the general. Okay. All right. Because <laughs> it's got to get from one pole to the next pole. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of. Uh, room in the water between future water settlements. Right, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a it's like a bullet water train. Yeah, a yeah. bullet sea train. Yes, okay. a harpoon train. And so, oh, absolutely, yeah. And so Sarah Highland is really hanging on for dear life yeah. 
wind flapping in the hair. Megalodons snapping at her heels. Uh-huh, and it's uh-huh. it's hilarious. And instead of it being the no, North... there's no comedy. Oh, okay. It's, it's, a, it's not, a, com- uh, not a comedy. It's a hard-hitting this drama. It's an action film. Yeah, it's... Uh, in the same way as, like, All is Lost. Directed but... by Justin Lin. Okay, all right, got it. Instead of it being North and South, you know, like in the Civil War, it's it's the never-ending struggle between the land people and the fish people. Right, yeah. yes. Yeah. Right. Sarah Hyland has gills. Yeah, but she can hide it well, which is why when she goes into the... Yeah, she's going to be all right. Yeah. She's going to be fine. Yes. Oh, man. This is good. This thing writes itself. (laughs) Asylum and or sci-fi channel. I tell you what, you keep fucking Brett Ratner away from this. (laughs) All right? Because he could ruin this whole thing. All right. So we're waiting for Lynn. um, This is a fun, uh, rambly discussion, but... uh, uh, So, uh, to sum up, fuck those guys. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And they're all going to see the dumb movie anyway. Yeah, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, get over it and start putting your uh, energy into more important things, like maybe reading some Neil Stevenson novels. <laughs> or perhaps funding, uh, helping to fund This Is Stuttering. Yeah. Right. Or emailing me the 10 horror movies that absolutely belong in the top 25. There's an option as well. And if well. you still have a, a problem, we can call you a wambulance. <laughs> we can, yeah, we can get you a wamburger with some cries. <laughs> Um, <laughs> or of course you, you know if you just want some cheese to go with your wine um yeah now thank you for joining us you can find us at uh battleship you can email us at david at battleship or tyler at battleship you can find me on twitter at the pretension find tyler on twitter at more lessons that's the official twitter of his other podcast more than one lesson which is at more than one lesson.com damn right it is my other podcast is the weekly tv show hey watch this with paul and david uh, I took a week off because I was out of town. Paul did an episode about the Emmys. I haven't listened to it yet. Lots of fun. Um, you listened to it? Yep. Um, who was on it? Jim and Tom and uh, Scott. No. Uh, I think it, I think it's Scott. I don't remember. Box and Bomb? Uh, I might be thinking of somebody else. Okay. Um, the, but this week on the new episode, uh, we'll, be, we'll be talking about three things instead of two things. Because it's a uh, you know new new pilot new premiere season, so we're uh, watching a lot of stuff. We'll be talking about uh, ABC's Marvel's Agents of Shield, and we'll be talking about the Crazy Ones and the Michael J. Fox show. All right, so that'll be fun um, and torturous uh, for some of those things. Um, and Kyle, where can people find you and your work on the internet? Um, I am a uh, a regular contributor. Um, uh, f- uh, quite a lot of the time on uh, the Nerdist, I write a lot of things there, so you can check me out there. Uh, it's Nerdist dot com. Nerdist dot com, correct. And uh, you are not the Kyle Anderson who writes for Entertainment Weekly. I am not him, nor am I the Kyle who is on the Nerdist podcast, who they always refer to, who laughs in the background. That's a different person entirely. Do people think that's you? All the time. Literally all the time. Okay. Uh, and I also do a podcast. And so a lot of people go, you know, my cousin listens to your podcast. And I was like, get out. That's amazing. And they go, yeah, they're, you know, they're big fans of the Nerdist. And I was like, wait a second. And then they just think I'm that guy who laughs in the background. Different fellow. Who is that guy? Do you know His him? name is Kyle Clark. I've met him like one time. Is he an asshole? No, he's nice. Oh. He sounds like an asshole. <laughs> he does laugh real loud, though, apparently. <laughs> he's never on mic. Um, but yeah, so you can read that on the Nerdist. I do a podcast on this uh, very fleet. Yes. Which is called What the Fuck Are You Watching? Which you can find at WTFAreYouWatching.Libson.com uh, or just Google. Yeah, iTunes out. isn't too ha- happy if you put fuck in It's there. precisely the reason, yeah. So um, 
uh, and we just did our uh, 100th episode, which was uh, a lot of fun. We did our two-year anniversary, which was only two weeks later, um, and that was uh, an episode about the Evil Dead franchise. Awesome. Um, uh, then we did a, an episode that is coming out uh, this week about Iron Sky, that movie, the Nazi oh, space movie. Sure, yeah. sure. And then the following week, uh, it's it's my co-host Lincoln Hayes' birthday, so we're going to be talking about Star Wars. Well, I've, I think it's been a while, but I've pitched... Me coming on your show. Yes, you're welcome anytime. To, to yes. talk about a movie called The Reflecting Skin. Yes. Except that oh. it's really, really difficult to find Yeah, that movie. It might be on YouTube. I haven't checked. Um, yeah, I think there's... So there, many things are on YouTube now. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it is. I, I, I don't think there's a Region 1 DVD. There might be a Region yeah. 2 DVD. Um, but uh, that's a, that movie is nuts. I, I, <laughs> uh, do you know what it's about? I know nothing about it. I'm, oh, okay. So um, it's about a little boy whose older brother, played by uh, then-unknown Viggo Mortensen, comes back from uh, World War II. Uh-huh. Um, and takes up with a weird ass widow woman who lives uh, in their town who the young boy is convinced is a vampire at the meantime there's also a bunch in the meantime there's also a bunch of uh greasers in this like car going around abducting boys and then also our uh lead character finds a like sort of petrified dead fetus and decides that it's an angel and takes it home and keeps it under his bed and talks to it every night. Okay. Then there's there's other weird stuff that goes on there okay. besides that. Is this a lost David Lynch movie? Oh, it is so Lynchian. It's Great. It's not I'm, a David Lynch movie, but it is so very David Lynch. I feel like I would really enjoy that and Lincoln would really not enjoy that. So that would <laughs> be a fun one to do. So I really want to come on to talk yeah, about please, the movie yeah. if we can find it. Have you ever been on his show before? No. Oh. We don't I, have I've only guests been... anymore. Yeah, we need to have both of you back. I We'd agree. love to have both of you back. Um, well, I wanted to... <laughs> I wanted to come on and uh, and we all talk about uh, the first Atlas Shrugged film. Yeah, <laughs> but because uh, I thought it'd be funny, me being a politically conservative, but still able to recognize bad when I see it. Sure. <laughs> and uh, but uh, you weren't for it. You didn't like the idea of doing. That. I really didn't want to watch it. There's certain movies we've actually gotten to the point now where if it is if the and uh, you know this is based solely on what's on Netflix. If uh, the Asylum is involved at all. Uh-huh. We don't watch it because because we rate our movies based on my favorite movie, good, bad, or ugly, mm-hmm. um, and nothing but uglies for them for okay. any of the asylum movies we watched. So, uh, now, we, how do you feel about doing? And you might have already done this, but like something that already is kind of like a uh, if it already has too much attention as a like a so bad it's good type of movie, yeah, you tend to avoid it a lot of the time. Okay, um, also anything because I don't know if you've seen Teen Witch. I know it like it's I've like, never seen it, but I've, I know, I know a lot it's of like oh, cool boy. to talk about how like yeah. funny bad Teen Witch is. It really is yes. awesome. It's astounding. So <laughs> yeah, it's astounding. All right. Um, now talking about uh, regarding the asylum films, do you do you also dismiss those because they are also I'll put quotes around this in on the joke? Yes, I don't like that at all. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like I like I like what I like to call sublime failures. Okay, where which is they really swung for the fences, but just really oh. struck out the other movie i'd love to, love to talk talk about is uva bowl's postal okay that's an insane movie okay and i might actually be able to mount a defense of that movie and it's probably much easier to find yeah. than the disturbing face what is it called <laughs> the reflecting skin. reflecting skin that's on the disturbing face right that's where it is that's where you'd find it <laughs> all right okay I okay think we're so uh thank you for being here kyle of course you're welcome thank you thank for you all me. at home for listening we'll get you next time bye bye
This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.